Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the River of Grass, Northeast Prescribed Burn up at Shark Valley. From those of you that don't know me, my name is Gary Carnell. I work here at Everglades National Park, Fire and Aviation Management. First objective, of course, is always safety of fire personnel and the public. Air ignition will be conducted by helicopter with air boats being used for holding and also for ignition, along with this seat to hold the south line. This is Highway 41 to the top. This is the L67 on the eastern boundary. I'm gonna probably put the airboats in, have the airboats run over to the southeast corner. This is where we'll start our test fire and we'll start working our way towards the west, northwest until we tie it into Shark Valley. We have a prescribed fire that's going on and some people call them controlled burns, but they're planned for several years, up to several years in advance. What do you know about fires in Everglades? Well, I work in the environmental industry, but in California where we do control burns to control fuel loads for trees and stuff. But I don't know what you're trying to do. Here. Well, that's that's exactly part of our objective for this burn. Part of it is to reduce the fuel loading or the burnable vegetation yeah. that uh, could become hazardous if a wildfire were to start here. From this tram ride, you can actually see some prescribed fire going on. Once we get up to the tower, uh, we can talk more about what we're seeing in the smoke column and the prescribed fire that's going on today. This is Cornell and White. Go ahead, 402. Okay, I'm on my way. I'll be there in a minute. Copy, same place you just land in between the boat ramp and the engine. So, a lot of people want to know how we ignite fires out in the Everglades. And it's a little bit different. A lot of places they'll have a device called a drip torch that just drops a mixture of diesel and gasoline out on the ground and you ignite it as you go. Here we use helicopters a lot to ignite the fires. And what that helicopter does is it drops a little ping pong ball full of a chemical called potassium permanganate. Just before it's dropped out of the bottom of the helicopter, it's injected with glycol, common antifreeze. And about 30 seconds later, you get a chemical reaction. This ball bursts into flames. All the plastic, all the chemical is entirely consumed, so there's nothing left to damage the ecosystem. And you get a fire that starts. Mainly from the helicopter, but also with this device, which is just a handheld launcher that launches the balls out about 30 feet. The helicopter is really an efficient way to do these prescribed burns out here. You can change the intensity and you can get to a lot of areas that are inaccessible by boat or by foot. Once you ignite it, then the airboat just goes back and forth patrolling and making sure everything stays inside the lines. The helicopter can patrol the lines to make sure everything looks good. Using these, we can really minimize the impact out here. We don't have to put people out on the ground where it's not safe for them to walk and where they'll be leaving footprints and boat trails that can be seen for a long time.
So what we're doing out here, we've got this airboat out here on these trails in a wilderness area so that we can conduct this burn safely and effectively. We want to contain this fire inside of these barriers. In this case, we've got an airboat trail that's established by researchers and we've got the L67 canal. So the airboat can patrol this line and if you get fire impinging on the line, if you get a ball that happens to be picked up in a gust of wind and dropped across the line, the airboat can respond to it really quickly and knock it down and kind of manage the situation and make sure that the fire stopped in the area where we want it to stop. That's the main role for this airboat out here. This is the River of Grass burn. It's a 31,000 acre burn roughly. And the purpose was hazardous fuel reduction and to work with the exotic species. There was a lot of Melaleuca out here that had been treated with herbicide. And so what happens is that Melaleuca gets angry when you treat it with herbicide and it drops its seed. So if you follow that treatment with chemicals up with fire, you can get that seed when it's still on the ground hopefully burn up the seed before it sprouts. And if the sprouts are still real small, the fire will actually take those sprouts out. So you put a one-two punch on the Melaleuca, and that second punch was a lot cheaper than the first one. And of course, the main objective is hazardous fuel reduction. We're here in Everglades National Park. We've got urban areas just to the east of us, and we're trying to remove these heavy fuel concentrations. Probably why these cattails are in here like is you've got the dirty water that's intruding mm -hmm. off the L67. And so you've got more nutrients here and it's allowing the cattails to grow. So what happens is when you burn, you burn off these cattails and they suck up phosphorus to regrow. And every time you burn, you'll see the cattails get knocked back a little bit further. Historically, the river of grass and sawgrass prairies here in South Florida They've seen fire every two to four years. I looked at a fire history map this morning before we started, and some of this area that we're burning today hasn't seen fire since the 1970s. So the return interval for fire is long past due on this area. And because of that, in places, fuel loadings are really way out of whack, really heavy concentrations, and we're cleaning all that up today, trying to get things into more of a natural scenario. Doing it under prescribed situation today. Smoke's going where we want it. The flames are going where we want those. And so far, everything's been good. Right now we've got a uh, single engine air tanker. 
it's circling around at the uh, head of the fire. And what he's doing is just checking the lines and making sure everything's still inside. And if he does happen to find something outside of the lines, what he'll do is go ahead and put a drop of water on it and knock it out until we can get over there in the boat to check it out and to make sure everything at that point is still inside the lines and the fire's secure. Look out across this burn unit that we're just finishing up. You see patches of burn vegetation where the, where the sawgrass of the cattail has burned completely down to the water line and gone out. And then you see areas that didn't burn at all. And that's kind of what we shoot for out here. We don't want to turn every acre black. Wildlife like a mosaic pattern across the landscape. They like areas where they can forage and then areas where they can nest and hide out and escape from predators. So there's a mosaic pattern here. Smoke production is going to be winding down real quick. We've gotten into some of that melaleuca that we intended to treat and knocked some of it back. We've gotten into some of the, the willow, the dense willow that surrounded that L67 canal and knocked some of it back. And so sawgrass is gonna start coming back. We certainly didn't knock it all back, like I said. We were shooting for a mosaic pattern and that's what we got today. One of the reasons we got that is because of the weather. Another is because of the water levels. They really watched things, pulled a lot of environmental factors together, and made this burn a success. It's really cool burning here in the Everglades. This is the only place that I've ever worked where you can burn off of an airboat and burn in water that's three feet deep, and it just amazes people. But yeah, these fires in the Everglades will really surprise people. And they teach us about them in, in fire classes. They say, you know, rates of spread at 300 chains per hour, which is half mile to a mile per hour. And when you're sitting in a class, you don't believe it. But when you get out here and you see the 30-foot flamelets coming up through this sawgrass, and you see the fire advancing so rapidly across water, it's just amazing. And it's something that firefighters from all over the country have a hard time wrapping their heads around. So it's unique to hear, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm just glad to see them getting some fire in the sawgrass because it, it needs it. And it's really going to help it. And it's, uh, I think it's really going to benefit the park. It's really going to benefit the habitat. Uh, and it's really going to benefit the public around the park because of the lowered fuel loadings, because of the decreased risk of wildfire. So that's it. Safety issues, problems, or something we can do better next time. Feel free to speak up. Did it meet your objectives? Or we met objectives fairly well. Um, the reduction of the fuel loading in the sawgrass definitely, um, especially down in the southeast corner along the L67 canal, the fuel loading was tremendous down there. Um, we've had one spot that went over 
um, but also the fire was bumping the L67 canal pretty heavy. Other than that, the rest of the burn unit looks great. We'll continue to work on it the next couple months, probably as the water level starts to go down. We already have a black line in so we can go out and pick up the heavier areas that we need to.